Hi, Jess. Hi, dear. You know, Jess, How are you? we're both really good looking. And I think we're super cool. Welcome to Sure Jan, the musical theater podcast with Jess and Dan. Was it close to a month ago when yeah. we did this? Close to a month ago, Jess and I recorded the SpongeBob podcast. Yeah, we did. And, and we were phenomenal. You guys missed a great conversation. The problem is, is something happened with Dan's computer where he was removing some things, and he accidentally removed part one of SpongeBob before he was officially able to edit it and upload it. So it's about a month later. And Jessica and I are going to redo our section about Spongebob the Musical Part 1, which is the intro about where Spongebob came from and how we got to know it, and then all of Act 1 of Spongebob. Act 2, and our final thoughts, is Part 2 of this Spongebob series. Uh, but you might feel like it's a little disjointed, and that's because Part 2 is recorded about a month ago, and Part 1 is recorded today. Um, we're also recording this on the same day that we recorded all of our Smash content, so... If you have not yet listened to Smash, don't do it now. Wait until after you listen to SpongeBob. Then go through and listen to all of our Smash content. That makes sense. The tracks. But anyway, so Jess, um, <laughs> I haven't asked you this in a couple hours. How are you? I, so like as much as I'm a little bummed because I do think we talked about some really cool things. Yeah. I'm going to try to remember what I can. Also, I love SpongeBob so much and I would have this conversation uh, once a week if you wanted me to. And we could just keep talking about it. So that is the one thing is like, if there ever was a musical that was going to be fucked up, like as much as I hate that it's Spongebob because it means so much to you, I'm also know that like, if there's any musical that you're okay with talking more about again, like it would be Spongebob the musical, right? This so a great comment. Like I like struggle to pick my favorite and it's so silly because they're both pretty recent. Yeah. And I love them both so much. Yeah. So and they're so similar, Spongebob and Great Comment. And it is currently August 1st, 2020. They're so similar, Spongebob and Great Comet. Yeah, they're really similar. It is currently August 1st, 2020, um, just before 9 p.m. I would like to record this and then get this up onto uh, Anchor, hopefully tonight. Um, we are also now, this will be the first time where I've uploaded something since we've been accepted as an Apple podcast, which is very exciting. And I got a random email the other day that we're on some other podcast platform. I can't possibly remember it, but we're now available on like maybe seven or eight different podcasting platforms, which is very cool. I'm checking my podcasting platform because it wasn't there initially. Oh, great. But Do you, what, is your, what is your what is your called? I really enjoy a Podcast Republic. Uh, I do not think it is that. And by really enjoy, I mean it's a piece of garbage, but it does the job. Great. It's just like, nope, it's there. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, well good. It makes my listening so much more convenient. Good. Spotify, it's like, doesn't really save your place. It does not. I do not like listening to podcasts on Spotify. Um, no. And this is, is nice because it like, it, it says what you listen to, mm-hmm. and stuff, which is nice. So totally. I'm now subscribed to places. So if you count our subscribers, I'm two of them. Perfect. Um, so Jessica, we kind of already ruined it, but let's just go ahead and say it again. What musical are we talking about for the second time today? It's not about the musical. Ah, good morning, world, and all who inhabit it. Jump out of bed, mix up a breakfast for my favorite pet snail. Full steam ahead, the SSI am ready is about to set sail. This kind of day couldn't get much better, but it keeps on trying. Yeah, I'm on my way, 
Somewhere there's a Krabby Patty that needs frying. And who's the lucky sponge in the mirror who is living his dream? SquarePants, the musical. So we're going to go into a little bit of backstory and about the show because this show had such a fascinating rise to Broadway. I mean, like, in so many ways, it's similar to how other shows get created, but, like, also it had such, like, pushback, but also had pushback from some people, but then some really prominent people who just straight up believed in it. Yeah. And that is so much of why it made it to where it is. Um, So, obviously, SpongeBob SquarePants is based on um, the Nickelodeon television show of the same name, which started in 1999 and is still currently airing. And, Jessica, now, I I kind of forget, but I feel like, if I remember correctly, you did not grow up with cable. Is that correct? No, I did not. So, SpongeBob was not really a part of your upbringing. And by not really, not at all. Okay. I was certainly aware of SpongeBob. I mean, it really has, like, seeped into the pop culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone sees the yellow, like... That like yellow with the green holes and then the eyes. Totally. And it's like on everything that is that exists. You can get a SpongeBob version of it. Yeah. Um, so I was certainly aware, and there were like certain things that I knew about SpongeBob. I vividly remember when I was in like probably fifth grade. I was at Girl Scout camp, and we had to do the Sponge. We had to reenact the SpongeBob theme song for some reason, and for some reason I knew all the lyrics. Having, like, literally never seen the show, but I knew all the lyrics to the song. That's so funny. So, it, it existed in a world that I lived in. So, it was telling. It was telling that you would one day really, really love this show. Probably. So, um, Spongebob was certainly a part of my upbringing. Now, I was never a child who was, like, obsessed with it, mm-hmm. but I probably, for, like, I would say a couple years of my life, watched, like, an episode of Spongebob, maybe almost every day after school. Like, it was... Some of those early seasons, like 1999 into the early 2000s, mm-hmm. I'm very aware of what those episodes are. <laughs> and I would love to go back and see at what point did I stop watching it. Because it was probably into like early high school-ish that like I kind of, it was no longer part of my thing. Uh, because at that point, that's where I found number one, sports, which who am I? But then eventually I ditched sports, then started doing musicals. And that's where I really found who I am. Um, I love that who you were was SpongeBob, then sports, then theater. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think if I had to pick three different like subgenres to describe me, that would be it. I love that. Like in the the Wikipedia article that is your life, <laughs> there's the SpongeBob era, and then there's the sports era, and then there's the musical theater era. So it's like early life. That is correct. So. <laughs> Yes, correct. I will have you write my Wikipedia page. Thank you. Oh my God, I'm so down. Oh, I know you are. So the great thing about SpongeBob too is that like, SpongeBob is a other than the fact that it's just like an incredibly unique name, it is something that is known. Like everyone knows SpongeBob. Yeah. Everyone has at least heard of SpongeBob and could probably identify SpongeBob in the same way that I feel like just about anyone can identify Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Like people oh, see sure. SpongeBob and they're like, I know what that is. Yeah. Maybe not Patrick. Maybe not Sandy. But SpongeBob for sure. Yeah. Um, but as a as like a like a like a I don't know what what do you call it um, franchise or not even franchise yeah but a, a, as a entity mm-hmm. SpongeBob has made a profit of thirteen billion dollars oh from 
the television show to all the merchandise that can be sold about probably primarily merchandise honestly mm-hmm. and then I mean from like the theme parks that have Spongebob yeah. themes in them um, and then obviously including the Broadway musical which I'm, I'm going to assume the Broadway musical is a very small amount of that 13 oh, yeah. billion dollars but yeah it has been very successful I think the most successful Nickelodeon entity that exists mm-hmm. for sure um so the book was written by a guy named Kyle Jero, but more interestingly is the music. And I want to play a game with you, Jess. I'm going to set, right now, I'm going to start my timer on my phone for 60 seconds. And in that 60 seconds, I want you to name as many um, as many people who have written music for SpongeBob as you can. Do okay. you understand the game? Yes. Okay, great. Because I have a list of them in front of me, and I just want to see how far you can get. Are you ready? Yes. One minute. Go. Jonathan Colton. Great. David Bowie. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I said it for one second, not one minute. Okay, go. Jonathan Colton, David Bowie, Play My Tees, T.I., Brandon Neary, which is part of Panic at the Disco. Um, uh, those are the first, like, five songs. Then you have Lady Antebellum. You have Cindy Lauper. You have Sarah Bareilles. You have They Might Be Giants. You have... Uh, Aerosmith, uh, Yolanda Adams, um, what songs am I missing? You have 26 seconds left. Uh, how many do I have left on the thing? Uh, a lot. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Um, Tom Kenny. Yep. Um, I'm trying not to cheat because I literally have them written on this paper. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I'm proud of you for not cheating. Um, Five seconds left. Uh, what songs am I missing? I don't know offhand what songs they are. Okay, so obviously that was a amazing job, way better than I could do. So some of the ones that most most of the ones that you got are just like the really obscure ones. Also, real fast, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry are both Aerosmith, yes. right? Okay, so when you said Aerosmith, I checked both of them. Um, um, Brian Gayho. I have him written I down. I don't know. Um, Rob Hyman. I don't know that person either. Alex Ebert. He wrote Daddy Knows Best. Okay. The Flaming Lips. Oh, duh. John Legend. Uh, uh, I Miss You. Yep. Um, Andy Paley. I'm trying to read my own he handwriting. He wrote Best Day Ever with Tom Kenny and uh, Derek, Derek, Di- Derek Dryman. And then I think Mark Harrison, Stephen Hillenburg, and Blaze Smith. I think are the three who wrote Who Lives in a Pineapple Under the Sea. I might, oh, okay. I might be wrong, but I think that's who they are. So, like, that kind of counts and kind of doesn't. But anyway, very nice job. Thank you. Um, because if you, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I remember the fun game that we were playing. Yes. Which was Who Sings This Song to or Who Wrote This Song to You? And that, listeners, is something you will hear in part two of this podcast. So, you're not going to do it this time around? Oh, oh, we'll do it if you want to. Yeah, yeah. that's totally fine. Because I guess that's true. That doesn't really help me a whole lot about who or what. I mean, maybe like, we've kind done of in it order, once, but, but like, I feel like. I will probably be less successful at that, but Jess likes to play the game of, like, can Dan guess who wrote this song? And I kind of know it, but mostly I See, don't. See, like, because if you would have said a song, yeah. I would have been able to say... Like, if you would have said, was? I miss you, I would have been like, oh, John Legend. Oh, okay. Got it. Like, obviously. Duh. Great. Well, I just put Only Jess on the spot. fools don't know that. That You know what? That is correct. <laughs> okay, so... Spongebob had its out-of-town tryout in Chicago in 2016. But even before then, like, where Spongebob started and where it... I mean, the idea came, and, like, at one point it was given to the director, Tina Landau, Mm -hmm. and, like, she was like, "Mm, no. 
And then it went away, and then it came back, and she was like, okay, yeah, maybe this time. Well, and they called it, like, unnamed Tina Landau project for well, a and, while. And we'll get into, what, like, Ethan's audition, mm-hmm. like, because that was fascinating. But it, it had its out-of-town tryout in 2016, and SpongeBob, like, from the get-go, people were just anti-SpongeBob, right? Yeah. I mean, people were just like, what the fuck, SpongeBob the Musical, that's going to be terrible. And honestly, I was on that train. Like I was on. I this, remember you being on that train. I was, but I was on the SpongeBob is probably awful train. Now, the one thing that I'm going to say, which I have said frequently, which Jess does not like me for, is that I saw SpongeBob on Broadway. <laughs> it just hurts my heart. You like see things and you just don't even know what you have, and like then you come back and you're like, no, eh, it was fine. And I'm like, God, you're wrong. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, Dan. Yep. The like I don't even think I think I might have even pre-ordered. I found out that they were filming Nickelodeon, like the Nickelodeon Pro Shot mm-hmm. was going to be airing on yeah. TV. Yeah. Again, I do not have cable. Yep. So I could not watch it. So I looked up when it would be released and where it would be released, and I found out it would be released. I believe, was it November first, November fourth, maybe, on Amazon, mm-hmm. and I pre-ordered it. Yeah. And the minute that I got it. Well, actually, I was on my way to uh, on a work trip and I waited until I was going to be on the plane and I watched it all the way through for the first time on the plane. And it I cried. I cried by myself on an airplane to freaking middle of nowhere Pennsylvania. <laughs> but like the reason that you cry makes so much sense and like this is something that we already it's weird to know that what we talk about in the future. Yeah. But like one thing that you talk about is how Basically, SpongeBob, Patrick, and Sandy save the day with friendship. Yes. And that is just, it's not the saddest thing, It's but it's the most tear-jerking thing in the world. It's just so hopeful. Yeah. And like, in a, in a COVID world, where COVID things are happening, yeah. and like, there are just so many bad things yeah. in the world. For there to exist a place where the thing that saves the day is kindness and friendship, mm-hmm. like, is just a place I want to live all the time. Yeah, totally. And, like, that's so idealistic, and I get it. Like, ha, 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 girls sing kumbaya. I get it. Also, don't you also want to live in a place where, like, everyone can solve their differences with, like, a song and, like, a high five? And, I do. Like, like I do want to live in that place. Bubbles? Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Of course I want to live in that place. Yeah. And so, the fact that, like, even Squidward at the very end sings, it's the best day ever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so, like, ugh, I yeah. just can't. So, so SpongeBob had his out-of-town try in Chicago in 2016, and then it moved to Broadway on December 4th, 2017, the Palace Theater, which is the theater right in Times Square. Mm-hmm. Um, that is where, Jess, you and I saw An American in Paris in that theater. Um, Your favorite musical. Oh, God, one of my least favorite shows I've ever seen on Broadway. Um, the only show that Jess and I have seen on Broadway together <laughs> is the, one of the shows that I hated the most. Um, but don't worry, Jessica, we will have a trip till we go to New York when Broadway comes back. Um, I'm hopeful that 2021 is going to be the year of Broadway and that in June 2021, we're going to have an amazing Tony Awards. Um, <laughs> and then, and, and it lasted for 327 performances, which is like a fairly respectable run. But the interesting thing about it is SpongeBob SquarePants the Musical is the last musical to ever take place at the Palace Theater as of now Mm -hmm. because the Palace was going to go undergo pretty intense renovations. 
I was going to be a music band, right? Uh, no, that's a Winter Garden. Um, but, like, I don't... There are no current plans for what the next musical is going to be in the Palace Theater. Oh. But, like, the Palace Theater was specifically going under renovations where it was going to be out for all of 2020 and probably have a new musical ready for the next season, which would be, like, April 2021. More than likely, that's not the case anymore. But uh, that that is the last theater to... Or last show to be in the Palace Theater. That is the third show I think I've seen in the palace because I also saw the revival of Sunset Boulevard in the Palace Theater. I think that's it. I don't think I've seen any other show there. Um, but yeah, and then there was a North American tour that opened in 2019. It closed early because of COVID. Um, but we're hoping that it'll come back. But in 2019, it was filmed for TV. Yes. And thank the Lord it was. Oh my gosh. Dan, I need you to ask me how many times over quarantine I have watched Spongebob the Musical. So both Jessica and I have purchased it on Amazon Prime. I purchased it for, I think... It was like 20 $20? How much did you purchase Three. it for? $3. Because I bought it... Like the day of. I pre-ordered. You pre- That's right, you pre-ordered it. Because I needed it in my life, Dan. Yeah, well, and I don't blame you. Okay, I have two questions for you, but my first question is, how many times have you seen it, do you think? 15 or 16. Okay. Why did you pre-order it? Because, because I... You didn't know anything about it really beforehand. I knew had the you, soundtrack. Had you listened to it? Okay. I knew the soundtrack. I had seen a lot of the videos. And I... There's not a lot of pro shot stuff that you can watch. It's particularly not a lot of pro shot stuff, pro shot stuff that I love. Mm-hmm. And I knew I loved the, like, the music and sure. I loved the story. And I had seen pictures of like what the set looked like and what the costumes looked like. And I just knew I needed to like see it yeah and i like you do there's so many cool props and like costumes and there were just things that i knew i wanted to see how they accomplished because like it's such a fantastical musical yeah there are things that like if it had taken it too self it's taken itself too seriously it would have been really hard to build a giant actual volcano that they climb. Of course. Um, but like when you create a fucking circle out of ladders, that makes sense. Or and like, it's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, but I just, I had seen like pictures and sketches and I had watched a lot of YouTube videos and I don't, I just, I, the, the pro shot stuff that I love, I watch newsies a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of like other pro shots that I like have access to. Yeah. There's not a lot. Um, and this was at, at the time, four dollars i was like yeah sign sure me up. yeah totally um and i really wanted to have my spongebob party that you did not attend but was super fun why did i not attend your spongebob party you just hate me or something i could hate you i feel like i was also maybe in a show i feel like i was Ooh, in like saturday right. night fever or honestly most of the things in my past where i couldn't attend something is because i was in a show man right. what a problem we don't have right yeah. now okay um, but it was like a really fun thing to get a bunch of people together and like mm-hmm. watch it yeah it was so fun um and at that point, I had already seen it like four times. And so I sat, I remember vividly whenever everyone came over to watch it, um, when we used to have parties and people could be allowed to be in the same room. Yeah. Um, but I remember sitting, everybody was sitting on like a couch or like a chair and I was sitting on the floor, like hugging a pillow, like crying quietly to myself because I've seen it 16 times and the end still gets me. And I am not a crier. Like Just, it's literally yeah. the only thing that makes me cry. Other than alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that is. And I had both that night. <laughs> and that is something I know about you, Jess. Um, and that is like why 
I think like I saw SpongeBob on Broadway. SpongeBob on Broadway was great. I really enjoyed it, and I and I like it a lot. Right? is is definitely a show that I love. I do not dislike the show at all. But I think because you are so important in my life, and you love this show so much, this show is now on like a higher level in my like show bookcase yeah. than it normally would be because of how much it means to you. And and everything you say about it is correct. I just one hundred percent. There's so much care and thought put into every single movement that happens on stage. Everything. Every single prop, every single costume mm-hmm. is is like thrown together mm-hmm. in the most specific way. Yeah. And like like the very opening of the show, and I don't know how much more you want to talk about before we start going song by song. That's okay. Um but the very, very opening. Um, at least on the pro shot. And that's, like, going to be my frame of reference. Because, again, I did not see it live. That's, but the pro um, shot is basically exactly what it was on Broadway. Close, yeah. yeah. Um, he, he, there's, like, an ensemble member. And he comes up with a giant arrow. Yeah. And the announcer says, like, here's the kelp. And it's literally just, like, a pedestal with, like, red solo cups. Yeah. And then he says, or that's the coral. And then the kelp is, like, pool noodles. Mm-hmm. And it's, that, like, really sets the stage that, like, oh, what you see is not what you think it is. I mean, some of the costumes, like there's a girl at the end, and I know I talk about this in the second half, but yeah. um, there's a girl at the end that has a dress made of like rubber gloves. That's amazing. And her headpiece is made of straws. Like, there's a, a character that wears like a cone, like a safety cone. Yeah. And like leans over and is like in a barrel and he's wearing flippers. Yeah. And it's I don't I don't know what animal that is. But, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't. I mean it's very similar to me like how you've seen videos of like Under the Sea from the yeah. like the two thousand eight or two thousand nine production of Little Mermaid. Yeah. It's there are a lot of people who are just frankly wearing bright colored costumes that are like adjacently aquatic. Yeah. And like it doesn't really matter what they are. Well, and it was because they're similar- it's close enough. It was called you're gonna reference my fucking tuna costume. Yes, Age I know. <laughs> so listeners, <laughs> Jessica and I were once in a production of The Little Mermaid where um, I was in the ensemble slash featured featured helier. <laughs> And Jessica was um, not only in the ensemble, but also, hold on, I think you were Flotsam? Okay, Flotsam, Jetsam, frankly, it's literally so hard, but Jessica was Flotsam. I was Flotsam. And you were amazing. You were absolutely incredible as Flotsam. Uh, But my costume during Under the Sea was, like, mostly black, but I had, like, a weird headpiece made out of tulle, and then a... Like a, like a like a square piece of fabric that was sequined silver and poncho yeah. that like went over like I had little rings that went over my middle fingers, and I think our costume designer called me a tuna, but Jess calls me an angelfish. Because you were and a beautiful angelfish. First of all, thank you. I agree. Secondly, I think both are correct. Okay, so real fast. So Tony Awards. So SpongeBob was nominated for twelve Tony Awards. The same tied as... Tied with Mean Girls. Tied with Mean Girls, correct. So, a, like, a lot of Tony Awards. The difference between SpongeBob and Mean Girls is SpongeBob actually won a single <laughs> Tony Award, yes. Um, but it was nominated for Best Musical, Best Book, Best Score, Best Leading Actor, um, uh, Ethan Slater, Featured Actor, 
Um, Gavin Lee. Gavin Lee. I always say Gavin Creel. Choreography, direction, orchestrations, scenic design, costume design, lighting design, and sound design. Um, and it won scenic design. And, like, deservedly so. Yes. Uh, frankly, I do think it could have won more. And it so lost that year to the band's, band's visit, visit, I think. Now, here's the other thing I will say, and, like, Jessica's rolling her eyes, but, like, I also saw the band's visit on Broadway. I know the band's visit. I love the band's visit. I think it is, it is the complete opposite of Smash Bros. Squarepants <laughs> musical, but it is good. It's so good. And, like, it deserved most of the Tony Awards it won. The two I disagree with is, I think, leading actor should have gone to Joshua Henry in The Revival of Carousel. And I think that featured actor should not have gone to Ariel something who won for Band's Visit, that should have gone to Gavin Lee. I think Squidward should have won the Tony so Award for good. Featured Actor. I, I like. I'm not mad that Ethan didn't win. I'm really not. He's Ethan he's is amazing, great. but Gavin Lee should have won for Squidward, in my opinion. I, and I know we talked about this. Yeah. But I'm sure the new technology and the lighting design in was it Band's Visit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is great. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. The lighting design, the lights in SpongeBob yeah. are a character in and of themselves. Yeah. And I think, I really think that one, well deserved for the nomination. Sure. But, I mean, we were ju- literally just watching it. And there's a moment where Mr. Krabs and Plankton are having an argument. Yeah. And the lights are used as like a, like, pan back and forth quickly to each character yeah whenever uh no control they're like screaming Mm -hmm. um and then the lights are like blood red yeah and then it goes to the clock and the lights shift yeah and even whenever they jump um off the the volcano the lights come down oh totally transforms the fact that light is the interrupter uh eruptor interrupter Mm -hmm. that like it's not a physical thing it is a ball of light yeah like there are just so many moments where light is so pivotal in the storytelling Mm -hmm. that i think technology is cool but if you're looking at an art form lighting was used in a way that i you do not often see lighting used to tell a story i agree with that i completely agree with that and like i'm I could argue either way for SpongeBob or the band's visit. I really could because the band's visit, the, 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 there was like a new lighting technology that was developed in order to more accurately portray like where the sun is set in the show because the band's visit takes place over the course of like 24 hours. Like it's literally just one day. Um, and that's and it's a one-act musical. That's what part of what makes it so cool. And maybe one day we'll talk about the band's visit because I really love it and I think you will too. And if you don't love it as much as SpongeBob, that's fine. <laughs> However, I don't remember who won for sound design. And my answer is I don't care because SpongeBob should have won. <laughs> With the sound effects. And yeah, the- totally. I, I don't remember who won, but like it just doesn't matter. Um, okay. Ethan's story of how he auditioned oh, for the yes. show. So Ethan Slater was, I got to remember this. Ethan was working for like a summer stock company where he was like working for someone who was doing a production of I think Romeo and Juliet. It was Shakespeare. Something Shakespeare. Something Shakespeare. Because Ethan, despite what you might see in Spongebob, is like a classically trained, and by classically I mean like classically trained actor. Mm -hmm. And he was doing I think Romeo and Juliet. And 
some and he auditioned for something and it was or he like he got called to audition for spongebob but he didn't know it was spongebob and he auditioned for it and he got called back for it and they sent him like the slides and he was sitting in his friend's dorm room (laughs) and across from him in his friend's on his friend's wall was a poster of spongebob Mm -hmm. and he was reading these sides and he was like no, it did not say SpongeBob. It did not say Squidward. It yeah. didn't say anything. All it said was like unnamed Tina Landau project. Yeah. But like, it was very clearly a conversation between SpongeBob and Squidward, and he was like, "Oh my God, this is like a Squidward co- or a SpongeBob conversation," and basically he auditioned for it without because he had very little time to prepare. Yeah. And he auditioned for it, like. As Ethan Slater as SpongeBob. Yeah. And the one thing he didn't do was the laugh. Because the SpongeBob laugh is just iconic. Yeah. And basically what they said was, great, thanks. Work on the laugh. You <laughs> gotta do that shit. And so he went back and he talked to I think his acting coach or his his boss at his the time. Mentor, mentor of some sort, right? Yeah. And the mentor was like, listen. I get that you have this summer job. I get that you're doing something with like classics and Shakespeare and Romeo and Juliet and whatever. Also, if you ever turn down an opportunity to work with Tina Landau, you're going to regret it. And so he did. He fortunately, I think he was actually able to do both because I think he finished Romeo and Juliet and then moved on to SpongeBob. But he got the role. He worked on the laugh, and that he was cast as SpongeBob, which is just incredible because he was sitting across from yeah. a spongebob poster and if i remember correctly he also, there was also like a stuffed spongebob maybe next to him on this beanbag chair that he was sitting which is really descriptive which makes me think that like what i'm saying is correct but i don't know that for sure but that's just an amazing story yeah. to begin with well and the guy that plays mr Krabs. yeah yeah you want to tell that story was basically he was an actor he was auditioning for things um and he heard rumblings of the SpongeBob thing. Mm-hmm. I think it had already been partially cast. Yeah. They were no longer calling it unnamed Tino Landau project. Yeah. Um, and he, I don't know if he was like in the rehearsal space in one of the other rooms or what, but he had just heard that this cast was really welcoming and that they were like collaborative and they were like working on this thing and it was just a really great experience and he basically was like i want to be a part of this Mm -hmm. and so when the opportunity came he auditioned and was cast as mr Krabs. yeah and i think every interview i have seen with the cast every instagram takeover and every everything i've seen has been just kind of showcasing this collaborative process and Mm -hmm. how they would throw people into a room and say, like, here's a bunch of objects. Play with them. Yeah. What can you make happen? Um, almost like, uh, did you ever watch Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah, oh, totally. When they would get a box of props. Yeah. They would have to, like, come out and, like, show me a thing with a prop. And that's amazing. And I think that's why you get things like the big red balls as the avalanche. Or you get that chair in um, BFF. Or you get the... Um, Sandy has like a book that's like oh yeah like accordion. Um, you get Mr. Krabs having um, like giant boxing gloves instead of claws. You get like there are just so many things. Um, the fact that like uh, Gary is on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just so many cool props like that. Which is not unintentional, but it's also kind of foreshadowing in a way. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just uh, I think it's so great. Cool. So Tina Landau is a director who 
is also known for classic like it's so funny how like people always say you have to go back to the basics yeah and i think that this is just a genuine example of that yeah. and like an example where people might look at it and roll their eyes but it's just a fact spongebob is so contemporary mm-hmm. it's so silly it is so like in many ways not what you would consider like serious acting for sure but the people who created this show are people who have a strong foundation of what acting's beginnings were. Yeah. And it's because that they studied the greats, particularly Shakespeare, yeah. and the beginnings of where they are, and like what theater was in a language that we no longer use. Yeah. They were able to then translate that into what a contemporary vernacular is. Yeah. And that is what's just phenomenal about Spongebob because that's what's with with Tina is she started with Shakespeare she turned down the role and another part that Tina talked about was how she did not want this to be a theme park production of Spongebob musical because Spongebob already existed on stage in a much smaller lower budget production there was a I think probably Universal Studios there was a production of Spongebob the Musical where people were in foam Disneyland character costumes, right? And that existed. But Tina was like, listen, Nickelodeon, if I'm going to do this shit, I will not put people in foam costumes. We will be doing something different, something innovative, something that you can look at for two and a half hours and not roll your eyes. Well, and as a fundamental of acting, like being expressive... And using your body to act. Yeah, what the fuck are you supposed to do when your body is yeah. covered in foam? Exactly. Yeah. And, I and think so that's why you can make the argument that like you yeah. need if you're if you're gonna do foam costumes, you might as well just do the cartoon. Well, I mean, well, first of all, exactly, right? And then the other thing that Tina said was, okay, we're gonna take this cartoon and we're gonna put it on stage, but we we need to be, I guess, like we have to have a level of absurdity that the cartoon yeah. has but like this cartoon exists in a world where a sponge lives in a pineapple under the sea and that pineapple does not mold we or or like you disintegrate the, it, it we this cartoon exists in a world where somehow a squirrel is in a scuba diving costume and no one questions it yeah or no one questions it hard i should say well i mean like there's a whole and i watched after having listened to the musical and like watching the pro shot mm-hmm. i have since watched a bunch of spongebob and like there's a whole there's multiple episodes where like he makes a friend out of a bubble yeah, well, exactly right and so like, what tina and, and no one is like that's weird like <laughs> right exactly and like tina has to had to be able to say how can we keep the level of absurdity without like w- like without making it a theme park with we have to make this something that is worthy of broadway well, and with using something real, I think you could really easily, and this is probably why I really love the way SpongeBob is built. Yeah, is today a lot of shows that are on stage rely on a lot of technology. That, that's correct. Yeah, SpongeBob on stage uses a lot of physical props. So much and physical gags the fact that there are so many things that are literally just like on a long stick Mm -hmm. that an actor comes out and like holds 
when you could, I mean, they have a screen. Mm-hmm. They use the screen. And I think they use the screen really effectively. Yeah. But like, they could just put those things on the screen and they choose not to because it's so much funnier that Mr. Krabs comes out and a Krabby Patty on a stick yes. <laughs> is stuck out from the side. Like, those are things that to live in the world of the absurd, you can't put on the screen. Yeah. Or it's just a cartoon with people in front of it. Well, and I think that is part of the reason that, like, I'm, I'm going to do something that we'll probably never, hopefully we'll never be able to do ever on our podcast, but we are recording this episode after we just talked about Smash. Yeah. And, like, listeners, you will get to Smash when you get there, but Jess and I had a lot of criticisms of Smash, mm-hmm. and a lot of that was because, number one, it's television, in my opinion, but number two... It like it is a show that takes itself seriously. Where like there's a like a lot that just frankly isn't serious at all. Yeah. That is just easy to laugh at. And part of the reason that you're gonna hear me and Jess primarily gushing about SpongeBob is because it doesn't take itself seriously. Mm-hmm. It knows that it's not. I, I mean, it is serious, but it doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah. And that it makes knows it, what it is. It there, understands. It's, it's incredibly aware that. Yes, we get Spongebob was a TV show made mm-hmm. for children on Nickelodeon. has been on the air forever. Yeah. It's a cartoon. It has bar jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, we understand. And, like, part of being successful is understanding your audience. Yeah. And Spongebob does that really well. And Spongebob does it in a way that they know their audience, but they are approachable for a larger audience. Totally. Um, Smash, on the other hand, is trying to be the Walmart, which we, we I think I say that mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Like, they're trying to be everything to everyone. SpongeBob says, this is what we are, unapologetically. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. I love it. I hope you love it. Yep. If you don't, that's cool. Totally. That's exactly right. Um, so, I want to just really quickly, you talked about the movement and the choreography and how important the physicality is to these. And we'll get that when we talked about more specific songs. Um, but even just like watching that show, there are just little movements where the, the, the choreography and how synchronized mm-hmm. the ensemble is, is so important. And part of the reason that it's important is because only a few people are going to notice it. Like when Sandy is smacking yeah. the, the the dry erase board with her like pointer, and every time she does that, the ensemble just does like a little hop. Yeah, it's so subtle, and more than ninety percent of people are not going to notice that. I never did until you pointed it out, <laughs> and then I thought, wow, that's so dumb and so small it and so great. Constantly. Yeah. The, those ensemble like talk about a show. Where ensemble, the ensemble is working way harder yeah. than anybody else. SpongeBob the Musical is it. Those ensemble members are on stage all the time. Yeah. They have a million costumes. They are in every dance. Yeah. They are, and even when they're, I mean, sometimes everybody's frozen, and some of those people are frozen in a handstand. Yeah. That happens yeah. more than once. Um, these subtle movements of like, everybody's head going at all the same time mm-hmm. i like kudos to that ensemble because holy crap you have to be a truly incredible performer you have to be a triple threat like so hard yeah to be in that ensemble mm-hmm. there's not a weak cast member in the show nope. and if there was you would see them so fast oh yeah completely completely they would stand out so much and what i love about okay so about this story too is that tina and friends had to take a show 
Like normally SpongeBob takes place over a half hour on a television like half of a half hour. Well, that yes, a half hour, but within that half hour is two episodes, meaning that that show was 15 minutes, but then you factor in commercials. It's like a nine-minute episode. And like every single episode of SpongeBob is like roughly 10 minutes, and depending on the commercials and so on. But somehow every episode of SpongeBob also has like meaning. It has worth. There's morals. Mm-hmm. Like you come out of that. Like there's an episode that I one of the episodes that I remember more than ever is Squidward leaves. Bikini Bottom to go move into this like I'm gonna call it like a suburban neighbor suburban Where neighborhood. Is everyone is a is a like a, a squid. He's an octopus. Well, okay, that's that's true. He is an octopus. That's true. Where everyone is an octopus. They all live in homes that look exactly like Squidward's, and they all do the exact same thing every day. Every day, Squidward would wake up. He'd play his clarinet. He would go grocery shopping where he would buy bread in a can. He would. Uh, I I do something else. At one point, sure, and then he goes back home and goes to sleep and does the same thing every day. And Squidward thinks that that is what he wants, but then he eventually realizes that like, wow, this monotony is killing me. And as much as I hate SpongeBob and Patrick as neighbors, they make life interesting. So I want to go back there and have SpongeBob annoy the shit out of me, even though I hate him. And like. Jessica and I have a friend who is likely not going to listen to this, uh, but if he does, please send me text messages the moment you hear this, who bugs the shit out of me, who makes life interesting. And I feel like Squidward in that way. Um, <laughs> and I, does that make me Patrick? I think we can both be Spongebob and we can both be Patrick at different times, honestly. Honestly, if I think more frequently, you're probably Spongebob. But anyway. Um, I'm certainly Sandy Cheeks. Well, okay, that's fair. You're Sandy Cheeks then. <laughs> but like, but anyway, the point is, is that Tina had to take these episodes that are like roughly 10 minutes and turn it into a two and a half hour musical in a way that's also believable. Yeah. And it can't just rely on the typical tropes that SpongeBob has. Because a typical episode of SpongeBob is, oh, wow, like, mm, Plankton is trying to steal the Krabby Patty formula. Oh, my God. Like, like, and it's, like, a different way. And SpongeBob is working. He saves the Krusty Krab. Like, like that is so common in yeah. SpongeBob. And the funny part is I don't think that the Krabby Patty formula is even mentioned in SpongeBob the Musical. Is it? No, he's trying to get everyone to love the chum bucket. Well, yeah, which is also a common theme. But, like, Tina really took... Every single character that we know and love from that series wrote an original story where everyone has to care about something, which is ultimately the apocalypse, Yeah. and does it in a way that is just... I mean, Tina didn't write this, but, like, direct it in a way that is just believable. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, she's still true to the characters, right? Like, Mr. Krabs sees a monetary gain Mm -hmm. in the apocalypse, and so that's how he like executes himself mm-hmm. um i think squidward sees that everything's terrible but then sees like an opportunity to be a little bit of a star and then you know what i mean yeah um in the concert the thing that i think spongebob does the spongebob the musical does is it takes probably five episodes mm-hmm. and it puts them all at the same time sure like there is certainly a SpongeBob episode, and like maybe not exactly, but a, a ten-minute SpongeBob episode where Plankton is trying to get everyone in an escape pod to brainwash to everyone somewhere to brainwash them, right? Sure. That's certainly like a story. Probably. There's yeah. certainly a story where um, 
they're trying to hold a concert um, for some reason who knows why mm-hmm. and Plankton is in charge there's certainly a concert where or a concert there's certainly an episode of Spongebob where Patrick and Spongebob need to kill some time mm-hmm. there's certainly an episode in there where some sardines take some like take a liking to Patrick like all of those things can exist in 10 minute episodes mm-hmm. and what has happened is we've put all of those stories like Spongebob and each of those characters mm-hmm. into a two hour show totally 100% yeah no you are 100% correct um, so the, the, the last thing I was talking about before we get into show by show or song by song is that um, Spongebob has a similar I'll say like trajectory that Spider-Man did but like opposite so Spider-Man and Spongebob both started as Broadway musicals that people just didn't believe in Mm -hmm. no one saw it and thought that is going to be a good show the difference between Spongebob and Spider-Man is that with Spider-Man people were like people found out oh this is bad. This is particularly terrible. Now, granted, I'm only saying that from like what I have heard. Mm-hmm. I don't really know Spongebob, the, sorry, Spider-Man the Musical, Turn of the Dark at all. So that could be something that we could t- discuss maybe one day. Um, but people, Spider-Man found a longer life on Broadway. I mean, it was on Broadway for almost three years because people wanted to see how terrible it was. Spongebob was the opposite. It, 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 was people thought it was bad and then all of a sudden it found a life particularly on social media yeah and then people thought people realized oh this is worthwhile well and this is like a good show it's hard not to love something in the same way that you love spongebob because i love spongebob yeah it's hard not to love something when the people around you particularly the cast members that were posting on social media mm-hmm. loved it so much yeah like it's hard to hate something that has so much love pushed into it well yeah and and spongebob didn't have all the like conflict that spider-man had right spider-man had i mean injury after injury and like financial failure after financial failure and spongebob was backed by nickelodeon i mean like come on well and the beauty of spongebob is like i don't know what the budget was but like it would not surprise me if that budget was lower I mean, I know the lower than Spider-Man. Lower than like a normal. Oh sure. Just because yeah. of the way the sets are, they're they're not minimalist. Yeah. But they're not like. I mean, if you made a custom out of straws. Exactly. I'd you as opposed to asking Bob Mackie to make a costume yeah. for you, like totally, of course. Um, I think the biggest craziest set piece that I can think of is the mouth of the volcano. Sure. Totally. Everything else. And is, even that is made out of. It's ladders, you know I mean, what it's, I mean? it's, like, it's just a model. Just plywood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but. Everything else, I feel like, is a thing that that I could recreate because sure. it's all made from bound objects. Because it's all made from dodgeball balls and hula hoops and safety cones and cups and pool noodles and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It just feels like there's less of a financial risk because you didn't break the bank on yeah. costumes. No, totally. I, I mean, I think you're correct. I really do. I mean, even Spongebob's costume is like, we could go to the thrift store tomorrow and find something like pretty comparable. Oh, I'm, yes. That's 100% true. 
Yeah. And, and that doesn't make it bad. And that's what I, that's honestly what I love about it is someone really thought about if this person if this character was a person what is the essence that we can put into them to still make them feel like the same person and that is what i think is just so believable about we'll say like squidward or patrick's hair or or sandy's hair frankly like casting sandy as a black woman although in terms of like inclusion i think was intentional also like giving her an afro yeah that is just the most intelligent thing i've ever seen and like because then you she doesn't have to wear anything over her head well exactly right there, there are so many statements that you could make with that and 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 there are in i think like spongebob really is does such a great job of relying on the art form that was written particularly like the art form that is musical theater the singing the 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 lyrics the book the choreography if you take those basic things as what we know as musical theater that is what spongebob is you could do spongebob as a black box in many ways and still get the same story yeah it's more fun with all the fun props right of course it is but like it's written in a way that you don't have to rely on flash to tell a worthwhile story. And I think that's really evident in the fact that the uh, in, uh, eruptor interrupter yeah. is not an object. It been just a ball of light. Yeah. yeah, completely. I mean, that's the same way that like when we were talking about Godspell, like that is one of the things I love about Godspell so much is Godspell just relies on the art of musical theater and the the I, I guess I'll say the importance of the Bible of the New Testament mm-hmm. because it certainly is important whether or not you believe in it. Yeah. And that that is so much what I think what makes Godspell such a good musical, and in many ways, even though SpongeBob is not about Jesus, it, um, it, it it SpongeBob is the same way. It's 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 important and worthwhile because of how it's written, not because of the money that went into it. And I think like there's not the gimmick in SpongeBob is that it's SpongeBob. Yeah. Not in the fact that it has a fancy new light system that tracks the stars of the day. I just am salty about it because I just I feel strongly that when Spongebob was nominated for things there's like an asterisk and it gets like a a minus one oh I'll agree with that I mean I think it's the same way that like a lot of the movies during Oscar season that get nominated are the movies that are not financially yeah. successful but the ones that are like many ways highbrow I guess the ones that you it's, like it's almost like someone turned their nose up it up at it because of what it is and I think sure. the thing that sucks is like if this was not Spongebob mm-hmm. if it was just like a fantastical story about a fantastical thing about this property that isn't Spongebob yeah some new thing but it told the exact same story mm-hmm people would say, oh, how avant-garde. Yes. But because it's, like, attached to this property... Yeah. It's just so, like... It it, it gets... It doesn't get the, the, the time. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're totally right. Um, and if I remember that year, it was Spongebob, Mean Girls, Band's Visit, not Groundhog Day... What was the fourth musical that year? I don't remember what Carousel. it was. That was a revival. 
what was the fourth original musical that year? I don't remember what it was, but I do remember that, like, I remember thinking that um, Band's Visit is going to win because Mm -hmm. it's, like, the... Well, I mean, it's not even... Because Band's Visit is based on a movie, right? It's not even completely original, but it is highbrow. It is snooty. Now, don't get me wrong. I still defend Band's Visit. I think Band's Visit is great. I loved it. I love the cast album. I think it is worthwhile. But, like, it doesn't surprise me that SpongeBob didn't win. I know. I remember whenever we had the Tony's party. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, man. What a world that we had Tony's parties. Yeah. Yeah. I was... I We, like, voted for what we wanted to win and yeah. what we thought was going to win. And I, like, knew in my heart that it wasn't going to happen, but, like, really hoped yeah. that it would. Um, I'm looking up to see who... Frozen oh one. it was frozen that year oh i didn't Original realize that it was frozen the band's, visible, the band's visit escaped margaritaville frozen mean girls prince of broadway spongebob squarepants and summer the donna summer musical i was so sad that summer wasn't nominated that's so silly but yeah frozen, frozen. okay so like Which i remember now that we say that band and like band's visit was always going to win right like i would say that if there was a second place it was going to be spongebob but like Band's Visit was always going to win. Well, yeah, because, like... Frozen was certainly not going to win Best Musical. The thing that sucks is, like, no yeah. one took Frozen seriously for the same fucking reason. Same with Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Because it was... But, but the problem is, is three of those four are based on a movie. And SpongeBob is based on a TV show. Yeah. So they're all based on, on camera acting to begin yeah. with. Well, or, or voice acting, sure. But, like, they're all based on, on, on something on a medium that is more popular in Broadway, right? If it was based on a play or based on a book, that might be less, well, maybe less popular. But like, it just, it kills me that people might not have given SpongeBob a chance because it was based on like a children's show when Band's Visit is just, it's based on a, it's based on a movie that no one's ever heard of, but yeah. like, it's based on a movie. Well, and I think too, um, that's also why, like, Frozen didn't get the time of day. Totally. And, like, I don't know much about Frozen. I didn't love Frozen the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I should give Frozen a chance because... The only... I also saw Frozen on Broadway. Of course you did. <laughs> the only... The only uh, award that I would have personally considered for Frozen was the same one that SpongeBob won, was Scenic Design. This scene design is very cool, particularly when Elsa would, like, do something that made ice go everywhere. There would be giant spikes of ice that would just, like, shoot up from the stage. Cool. It was very cool. Terrifying if I was an actor, because you might fucking die every night. <laughs> but, like, uh, but it was very, very cool. And then costume design, maybe, because there was a lot of Disney magic in, like, in the costume the design of that show. I particularly th- during uh, Let It Go. But, I know yeah. that they have it. It's like a rip line. It, okay, so I'm going to guess very strongly what it is. Uh, um, uh, I'm never going back. The past is in the past. Let it go. Right, the very last chorus yeah. where she has, she, she like throws her arms down, and all of a sudden the like green dress that she's wearing uh-huh. is just like gone, and all of a sudden she has long blonde hair and a sparkly blue dress. Yeah. I don't think it's really that Disney magic-y, not like the carpet in Aladdin. I really think that all it is is she's always standing in the same spot. I just think that she's blocked to walk to a certain point, and there's a person behind the stage who just grabs the tail of her costume and just yanks it down below the stage. Do you know what it is? Yeah. 
Oh, what is it's it? It's a line. She's attached. Like, you would have a fly, but it's just to her costume, and they, like, trigger it to just, like, pull into the floor. Oh, but it is pulled into the floor, mm-hmm. though. Okay. Got it. I watched... There's, like, a compilation of, like, the the evolution mm-hmm. of the Frozen dress, and some of them are real bad. Well, I mean, I've seen the ones in, like, the Disney park or where like, the girl's, like, struggling yeah. to pull it. Or it's, like, it. on the cruise line, and she, like, can't get it off, or it's, yeah. like, it looks real weird. Um, there's one, the, uh, the, like, ice skating one. It's literally just, like, she has a cloak, and it's, like, Velcro, and the the dress that's on under the cloak is just, like, printed on a piece of fabric, and she just, like, takes off the cloak. <laughs> but that one, it's, I'm barely certain it's literally, it's just a line. That's that, amazing. Like, basically rips it off her body. Yeah. But that's why she stands in the one spot, because, like, she's, like, attached. Got it. Okay, so let's do this. So let's take a break. Perfect. Because um, we've been talking for almost an hour just about the intro things, and then we'll come back in. Like, why is it that Disney does not do as good a job as Spongebob? And do you know what I think? I think it's because in the Disney properties, you take a Disney movie that was made for TV or for for film, Mm -hmm. um, and you stretch it out for a Broadway stage. You don't change the story. Yeah. When you do that... You get what I like to call a Little Mermaid effect, which is 20 minutes of story that was stretched to an hour and a half for the movie that was stretched to three hours for the show. Mm -hmm. And you just are treading water (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, for a lot of the show. Yeah. There's just a lot of like, we're going to go listen to the Mer sisters sing another song because like, we got time to kill. Yeah. And like, you really, the story really drags. Yeah. And it makes it less enjoyable, in my opinion. Yeah. Because SpongeBob was written for, specifically for a Broadway audience by people that had done Broadway things. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Alan Menken is a great composer. And I yeah. think he writes really catchy songs. And I think he has done very well in lots of Broadway things. Um, I think, like, Aida. Well, that was, uh, was that Alan Menken? did Aida? Uh, that was Elton John. Elton John did Lion King. And did, Aida. Did he do both? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But like, point still stands. Yeah. Like, there are plenty of, like, Beauty and the Beast is a good example of like, an Alan Menken show that like, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but, when you take a short chunk of art and you try to stretch it out. Yeah. In the same way that if you take a piece of clay and you try to stretch it out, it gets thin and you can start to see through it, right? And that's what happens whenever you do that with some of these properties. Um, I think because Lion King is Hamlet, yes, there's more story there that they that they took and then crammed into mm-hmm. Lion King. And then whenever you expanded it out, you could like kind of breathe a little bit more. Because SpongeBob was designed 
knowing that it was going to be as long as it was, knowing that you needed to have a compelling story that filled that time and setting the stakes high enough that it mattered, mm-hmm. it, in my opinion, becomes more successful. Yeah. Than something like a Little Mermaid or Frozen or things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think that's a great reason for sure because then you can. There's so much more. I don't know, like. There's so much more substance in that yeah. than filling it with fluff. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I love the fluff that they put into the Little Mermaid. I really do. Sure. Some of those songs are so fun. Yeah. They also, are. Ursula has three songs that are exactly the same. Yes. Yep. Totally. <laughs> yep. Completely. Okay, so we're getting into the plot of SpongeBob finally. Yes. And because we have talked a lot about how the show got to be, because there's so much to say. So. SpongeBob opens with Bikini Bottom Day. Yes, who wrote Bikini Bottom Day? Oh, I don't know the guy's name. Jonathan I have no idea. Colton. Okay, no I idea. I, who is that? He's like, um, sort of like a comedy songwriter. Um, have you ever listened to Ask Me Another? Uh, yes, but I don't know anything about it. He's the one man band on Ask Me Another. Okay. Um, well, regardless, like, Bikini Bottom Day is, I mean, such a great song. I love it. It introduces all the characters. Mm-hmm. They come out through the cutouts of their house. Mm-hmm. Um, you get, the ensemble comes out and, like, is a part of each of their opening. Yeah. Um, it really sets the stage to say, here are the characters you know and love. They don't look exactly like you remember them. Yeah. But, like, follow us on this journey. This is Spongebob. This is Squidward. This yep. is Patrick. Completely. Um, and the end of that song. Mm-hmm. The, like, giant dance party. Where oh, everybody's jumping. It's so good. Oh, my god! And that choreography is just, like, I've never seen choreography so fitting for a musical. I am obsessed. Mm-hmm. I, I love every moment. Whenever the entire cast comes on stage and people are swinging around like pool noodles on big tall things mm-hmm. and someone's on stilts and like oh my gosh yeah i love love i like i could watch just that scenes over and over and over again oh, i sure. love it so much there's so much going on just so much and it introduces you to sandy and that she's like a country girl and you get the guys with the cowboy hats mm-hmm. you get um Patrick and you get his little doo-wop girl. Yeah. There are just so many cool things that are happening. Um, and it it tells you where you're at if you've never seen Spongebob. Well, I think one of the great things about Spongebob, too, is, is, is Spongebob, the television show, is so known for the sound effects that it makes. Yes. And, like, there is a guy who is at Spongebob the Musical who is there specifically only for the purpose of making the sound effects of every single character. And he's there. Like, the actors don't have to wait for the sound effect cue the sound effect guy waits for the actors. Yeah. And so when when Squidward walks and like yeah. every time he walks, it's because the sound effect guy is watching Squidward. Yeah. And seeing when his feet, all four of them, land yeah. on the ground for for him to make that sound. And that is like just and you see that so frequently, particularly in the opening song, but throughout the show. Yeah. And I think the thing that's cool about that is he's on stage the whole time. He's yeah. not like in a booth, like. He's like addressed by SpongeBob. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, so there's like a lot, there's sort of like a fourth wall broken there. Well, I like honestly, like, what's between the fourth wall and like the conductor? Like, what would that wall be? 
the third, third and, and a half, half wall. <laughs> because they inter- they interact with the maestro yeah. conductor as well. Like quite a bit. The whoever is like conducting the show yeah. is pretty integral to a lot of the prop pieces. Oh completely. Um towards the end she's like the person that like does the fighting whenever they're really small. Which I love that, um, yeah she like hands things up to them and takes things down and they'll sit with their feet hanging into the pit like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And the same is true for the sound effects guy. Um, Literally, Ethan Slater says like, hi guy, hi hi guy over there making all the sounds Mm -hmm. and he like does all these things and has him make all the sounds. Yeah. Um, Which, I I don't know, is that the fourth wall? I don't know what Uh, Like, I'm just going to say the third and a half wall. Because the fourth wall is to the audience, right? Yeah. There's a very specific reason the fourth wall exists for, you know, the characters to speak to the people who are watching the story they're in. But, yeah. Um, And I think the other thing, too, is so much of the information that you and I are getting to talk about this is from the Nickelodeon recording, video recording, that is now on Amazon Prime that was shown on Nickelodeon. Love it. And... The thing about that is that happened after SpongeBob closed. Yeah. SpongeBob was done on Broadway. It was finished. The Palace Theater be- begun ha- had begun reservation or reservations, renovations. renovations at that point. But then Nickelodeon was like, "Oh, hey bro, we want to film this. Can you all come back to a different theater and do it?" And almost everyone said yes. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, I like we know that Lily Cooper is not playing Sandy. It is person you looked up earlier. Christina something. Whoever she is, she's great. She's so good. Yeah, but uh, but it's almost the entire original cast mm-hmm. who came back to do the this show. The entire Broadway cast. The entire original, yes, correct, correct, yeah, and uh, that that must have been just you know what a I, fun reunion. I mean, because I've kind of experienced that no well no i have i've certainly experienced that where when i did rocky horror for the second time at shortener stage like more than half the people who were there were around for the first time Mm -hmm. and then there were some people there who were there for the who were there for the first time and it was like all of us could like laugh and joke about like oh my god remember the first time we did this and this happened that was so funny but then we got to introduce the new people to this like really cool family and that was also really fun and so i do know what it's like to do that again and like i just can only imagine what that was like because spongebob was like that on a much larger scale yeah yeah that was so cool so then throughout bikini bottom day there are some like earthquakes yeah and people are like "Mm, not a big deal and then they keep living their lives and then eventually they realized that these earthquakes might be a big deal and sandy does some calculations right and figures some stuff out is that before or after no control maybe it's after no control okay but either way there's uh there's we do realize that there maybe from the news we realize that there's going to be a volcano that's going to Yes. Yes, that's going yeah. to destroy yeah, Bikini she's Bottom. She's going to go look at her seismograph. That's what yes. happens during Bikini Bottom Day. Then no control happens, and then she comes in and says, "Like here are the things I know." And here's where we get to like the central plot point of SpongeBob, yeah. which is like everyone. You time. Yes, everyone in Bikini Bottom hears what the show is about. Here is what, or or audience members, yeah. you just watch an intro. We've introduced all the people that you know. 
we've kind of slid some we've slid some like some, like some little earthquakey things in there but like mostly it's just oh my god bikini bottom is so great it's the cartoon that you recognize which i want to pause for 34 yeah. seconds the thing i love about the pro shot too is when the earthquake happens they do the little thing where they shake the camera yeah um which is just like a subtle thing that it's so easy and so effective i love it yeah, yeah. totally and so then we've introduced the okay this is the thing that was strap in this is the next two and a half hours bikini bottom is about to be destroyed people react to that in different ways Mm -hmm. let's figure out how everyone reacts to that and what the ultimate solution is yeah and that's what the show is about and i think it's just so smart because you know they could do plankton stealing the krabby patty formula but guess what that only affects so many people in bikini bottom right we could do like we could do a spongebob has a jellyfishing accident but again that only affects so many people bikini bottom being destroyed by a volcano affects everyone on stage everyone who lives in that town what a great simple but effective way to tell like beginning to tell the story in a way to unite everyone from the beginning even though unity doesn't really happen till the end Yeah, yeah 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 um so we get the song No Control. Yes. So explain this to us. Yes, that's correct. Who wrote No Control? No Control. I don't remember. David Bowie. David Bowie wrote No Control. Of course he did. Um, some things I love about No Control. One, the newscaster's costume is one of my favorite little nuggets in the show. Tell me why. Because it is designed to look like, like the bar's on an old TV. Yeah. Like the color bars. And it's, I mean, like, it's something that, like, right away you wouldn't necessarily think that. But once you see it, you can and see it. Mm-hmm, correct. The other thing I love about the newscaster's costume, which does not happen in No Control, but it happens throughout the show, is it just, he must have six of them because every time he comes out, like, his wigs, like, it, first it's like a real big swoop. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, gets more and more deflated and disheveled and his coke gets ripped and his pants are like he just is just like falling apart oh, as yeah. the show goes and his costume is the one i think you notice it the most mm-hmm. other characters have similar things but his character and because he's so put together at yeah. the beginning by the end when he just like looks like he was hit by a bus mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're just like oh what happened or here? just like the mayor's coat gets bigger and bigger yeah. is that it throughout the hand and that's something like if we ever directed the show i would love to like you know on a community theater budget yeah can we give the mayor a cool coat but then give the mayor things to put on underneath and then put the coat over that more and more and more. Yeah. So then, like, by the time she's done, like, her arms are sticking straight <laughs> out because she doesn't have a choice. Like, I think that would be hilarious. So, oh, but we... Sorry. Go ahead. Some other things I love about No Control yeah. is that lighting effect where everything goes red and everyone screams. And the light oh, goes yeah. blue. And it's just a clock. Shouldn't... And it goes tick, tick, yep. tick and then they scream again yep that that's one of those things that is like funny the first time not so funny the second time but the fourth time is hilarious oh yeah and i that is a like a like a comedy trick i guess that always like tickles something in my like comedy brain yes is the like doing something one or two too many times Mm -hmm. so that it's like funny again oh yeah i love it um, and they do that kind of thing a couple of times where, like, everyone looks and screams, and then they freeze. Yep. 
Um, and it's a very SpongeBob thing. It's, oh, it's totally. so much the like 10 hours later, five hours later. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's that same joke is that this is happening forever. Yes. Oh, um, I think, I mean, I think it's used so effectively too. Um, so we find out that uh, there's going to be a volcano that's going to destroy Bikini Bottom. Um, Sandy figures out that all this is going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Like it's all going to happen very, very quickly. And most of the townspeople are just like, nah, not worried. Yeah. It's, no, come on. Like they ignore it. Yeah. And can't help but relate that to something that's sort of happening right now in the human well, race. Yeah. And that's why, <laughs> I mean, I remember it was like week four uh-huh. of, of quarantine for COVID. Yeah. And I remember watching No Control. And Patrick says something that's like uh, stuck here alone. I'm, let me pull up the lyrics because like the stores are all closed and I'm out of snacks. Like literally, there's like a whole chunk of lyrics that was like, "This is my life right now." Yeah. Like get out of my brain. Yeah. Um, and it was <laughs> just so telling, and I just remember feeling so like aware that like. <laughs> this was exactly what was happening right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So the lyrics are Squidward says, stuck here at home, but I'm not upset. An evening alone with my clarinet. Then Patrick says, this could take a while, so I should relax, but the stores are all closed and I'm out of snacks. Yeah. And then everyone screams, no control. And like, I just remember it was week two. Yeah. And everyone was out of toilet paper. And all the shelves, store, store shelves were gone and you yeah. couldn't go anywhere and everything was closed. And I was all alone, and I was like, God, I'm both of those people. Yep. Like, it was just so, like, turning a mirror. And, like, SpongeBob predicted the future. Like, <laughs> that's what happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, it completely. was crazy. So, um, yes, all of this happens, but then we get into BFF. Yes, written by I Believe in You. This is the one that I think is, like, the most exactly like their music. It's not Cindy, is it? No. No. I don't well, I don't know. I'm sorry. Plain White Tees. Oh, I don't know like, anything about the Plain White Tees. Well, think about Hey There Delilah and then know that it's the same song. Oh, okay. Then that helps. <laughs> that helps. Great. Um, Which yeah. I love that... Uh, Basically, the, the thing that's happening in this song is Spongebob says to Patrick, we have the power of BFF mm-hmm. to like get us through this. And Patrick says, yeah. Yes, exactly. And they, they, they literally say they can get through anything. Yeah. With that. But I think the best part about this song, too, are the BFF dancers. Like, that shit is so... Oh, I love the incredible stretching sofa. Well, oh, that's true. The sofa is very cool. But, like, those dancers, I mean, like, that is where, you know, we've been making... This is where I think Tina is really leaning into the theme park costumes because she has said, we don't want that. But with this song, maybe we'll have a little bit of it because... It is not only so funny to watch these people who I don't even know if they have arms. Like they, have they arms. They do have arms. Okay, mm-hmm. but they certainly like their legs. I feel like are very prominent. Obviously, yeah. and but my favorite part is when they get around and they at some point get in the wrong order, but they're not in the wrong order. Yeah, the F's are out of are in the wrong places. Yes, and so the F's look at each other and be like, "Oh shit!" and then switch, but it spells the same phrase. Like it's 
It's genius. It's so genius. Well, and I think I read or I watched on YouTube. I can't possibly remember. Um, something along the lines, though, that they wanted the beginning of the show yeah. to feel more like the cartoon. And as the show kind of pushes through. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think I've heard a couple actors say, like, I was supposed to do the, like, cartoony voice really strong at the beginning and then like kind of like, ease up a little bit yeah, yeah. as the show went on because um, then then people are like are in a place where they believe you more that yeah. just because you don't sound exactly like spongebob we still know you're spongebob yeah. yeah um and i think because this is early enough in the show we're trying to push that like we're we're still that spongebob you know and love yeah um also it's just so funny it's <laughs> so funny um but the incredible stretching sofa is just, it's one of those prop pieces that it sticks out of my brain mm-hmm. because it's a seat that they both sit on and then it squishes into one and then it's a hot tub and then it's a bubble and then it's a this. And like, it's just an example of like how the show is built around like playing with toys. Yeah, totally. Um, and literally the only thing that's on stage other than the BFF dancers is this one set prop i don't know if it's a set piece or like, a prop totally um, but that's it and they and they use it so well too like i love when they stretch it out as much as they can and then uh patrick actually lets go and it slides back towards spongebob and then well, yeah, he flies Slater, off like grabs it and like does this thing where he pulls it with his wrist so it like snaps back yeah um, and then he like flies off as if he yeah. was like hit with it or something or yeah. whipped with it. Oh, it's great. It's absolutely incredible. And it just goes back to that like physicality of acting, mm-hmm. which is so cool. So then Plankton decides, oh, I have a really good idea. We, I could like get, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. He can get people to like the chum bucket somehow yeah, through this. Yeah, so he is trying to get everyone to get... Well, he wants everyone to go to this new place that isn't Bikini Bottom because yeah. Bikini Bottom is going to be destroyed. Yep. That is Chumville. And in Chumville, everyone loves Chum. Yep. And the way he's going to accomplish this goal is he's got to get everyone in the same place so he can brainwash them because it will take far too long to brainwash everyone individually. Yes. So he decides that the best thing he can do is get a giant escape pod, put everyone in this escape From, pod. like, Escape Pods are Us, right? Yes. Or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um... On the back of the Escape uh, Pods RS, like, magazine that yeah. they hold up, it says, find yourself facing a sudden apocalypse, get you in your town an escape pod, um, which is just a detail that I love. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's going to get everyone in the escape pod together so you can brainwash them all at once, um, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... Escape pod is too expensive. <laughs> yeah, so how are they going to pay for this escape pod? Well, before that, we, we he has to convince everyone that this is the like right idea, and he sings When the Going Gets Tough. And the When the Going Gets Tough in the filmed version is different than the cast album. Most of the songs in the filmed version are different than the cast album. Yes. I'm trying to think if there's one that is exactly the same. And he, uh, Isn't BFF like the same? BFF is. Um, I think Simple Sponge might be. No, it's not. Here's my middle name is not. Um, money is not. Okay. Superstar Savior m- might be. Okay. But a lot. There's a lot of changes yeah. between the cast recording and the um, pro shot. So they have the song. Who sings this? Or who wrote the song? 
I like believe in you. Oh, I mean, you can't say that because then all of a sudden now I feel pressure to get it right. But I always because I already didn't know who it was, and now I really don't know who it is. But I always believe in you, Dan. I'm sorry, I don't know who it is. Ti, it's Ti. Oh, <laughs> great. Okay, so um, so we have when the going gets tough, and Plankton is basically convincing the town yeah. that like what he and SpongeBob have like opposing views, where um, as is usual. Yeah. But Plankton is like. Do you know when when things get hard? Do you know what you do? You run away. Yeah. You leave, and guess what? I have an opportunity to help you do that. And SpongeBob says, "No, we need to stay here. We need to make things better for our town. We love this town. Yeah. This is this is our home." And Plankton's like, "Nope, let's get going." And so he sings a whole song about it. Well, and I think like even as part of Bikini Bottom Day, yeah. Um, everyone sings that it's a tip and typical ordinary mm-hmm. bikini bottom day yeah spongebob sings that it's an incredible extraordinary yeah the best day ever the, yes yeah and it it just points to like the optimism in spongebob mm-hmm. and i know i talked about to you about this a lot yeah um when we did once upon a mattress and i was princess winifred yeah. or princess fred yes um something i loved about playing that role was just her un like wavering optimism Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, constantly, like, oh, well, I'm going to do this because I'm going to do it. And, like, you can't stop me because, like, no one can stop me. Yeah. And that is how I see SpongeBob in a lot of ways is just this character that has a drive and doesn't see anything as an obstacle. Mm-mm. Everything seems like a, a mountain that can be climbed. Yeah. Um, and once upon a mattress, that's like literally a wall that she climbs. Mm-hmm. In SpongeBob, it ends up being literally a mountain that he climbs, yeah. right? Volcano, if you will. Sure. But I think that's that's the other thing that really draws me to this show is a character like that is like who I aspire to be. Often is like unwavering, optimistic, also willing to accept any challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like if more people in the world were like that, like, we would be able to accomplish so much. But, I agree. I um, totally agree. But I love when the going gets tough. I love the choreography. I love the super fast rap at the end. I love the, uh, the their jackets with the giant plankton eyes on the back. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I love that we get plankton's, like, fancy chum bucket chair with, like, the purple and glitter seat on the, like, casters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is when you get that lighting effect where the heads are snapping back and forth. Yeah. Um, and this is when everyone says, SpongeBob, you are not good enough to, like, save the day. Yeah. You're, like, you do not have the skills to do it. Which is which is a great segue into the next song. But what they eventually decide is they need the money for the escape pod. Yes. And the best way to get this is, I believe, Pearl has the idea. Yes, she's going to have a, a benefit concert. Because um, <laughs> Larry the Lobster only gives money when a celebrity asks him to. And, yeah, exactly. And so, and she says, oh, well, we'll invite the Electric Skates. Which is Pearl's favorite band. Yes, yes correct. To come do a benefit concert. And then they will use that money from the benefit concert to purchase the escape pod. Yes. Yeah. The timing seems off. Because what I know about delivery... Do you not have Amazon Prime? I do, but it's they only have until tomorrow night. Oh, they're under the sea. Sound travels faster under the sea. Sound? I, I get, look, I'm trying to just like 
make a also, funny joke. Uh, again, trying to make a funny joke. <laughs> um, so they decide to do that, and um, uh, basically, everyone is very set on like, great, we're going to do this, this concert. We're going to we're going to buy this escape pod. We're going to leave. And SpongeBob is like still very adamant about no, we're going to stay here. This is this is our town. This is the town that we love. We need to do something to make this place better. And as like everyone is leaving, the last person on stage, other than SpongeBob, is Mr. Krabs. Yes. And Mr. Krabs is like, boy, what can you do? You're just a simple sponge, which is like just a precursor into. The song Simple Sponge. Yes, and in a, in a wonderful song that is. Yes. Like, what a great... Like, it's it's interesting that it took this long to get an I Want song, because normally I Want songs happen so much sooner in a musical. I mean, it's not that. It's, it's the fourth song. But even still, I feel like they're... It's the fifth song. Oh, BNF. Yeah, but like... But, but either way, it's a great... Love it. I love it. It's a great I Want song, for sure. And... You know, this song I think could be effective as just like a typical stand downstage and belt your face off. But then you get the ensemble in this I song. I love the ensemble in this song. Describe but what the ensemble do. Before I do. Yeah. Who wrote the song? Just a simple sponge. Cindy Lauper. No. I'm sorry. I did. That's I. I just. It's Brandon Urie of Panic! Oh, okay. Sorry, I just don't know. Okay, great. <laughs> You did better at this the first time. Well, we'll see what happens in part two. I mean, I might not because I don't know if I'll listen to it, but like part two is already recorded, so we'll see. Um, but behind SpongeBob, yeah, it's basically a, a blackout with a single spot mm-hmm. on SpongeBob, who doesn't move a lot. He does move a little, yeah, but not a lot. And you get all of the ensemble members, and they have these yellow dayglow painted, yeah kitchen sponges yep. and they are almost like you know how when you go to see fireworks on the 4th of July sometimes it's like that firework is in the shape of a heart mm-hmm. it's like that but it's sponges Yeah. and so some things that I love are the there's a, there's a point where he makes he says something about my friends and it's a star for Patrick yeah. and it's a picture of like a Gary looking mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, uh, whenever he said, sings the line and I can even play my nose like do, 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 do. Um, do you know what the sponges do behind him? No, I don't. They make notes and like, Oh, and it's like a staff. So like you have to like use your imagination, but they go up and down to go with bop, 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 bop. oh yeah. my gosh um, and I feel it, it's probably not exact but if you laid a step on, on it, top of it yeah. you would be able to see that, that. that's incredible and I just like that's so cool oh yeah um, my favorite favorite thing that, that happens is when they make the cape oh of I course just, it's just so cool the, the, the whole that, that whole choreography is just I mean yeah Beyond incredible. It's phenomenal. Now, we've talked about you choreographing this show before and how you would definitely want, like, a co-choreographer or an assistant choreographer or something because it's a lot for anyone to do. every... Every song. Would... would, Not even just the songs. Would Simple Sponge be one that you would want to take on? Probably. Yeah. 
But I mean, I think it would be more of a collaborative for everything. Yeah. Um, because there's just so much choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be helpful to have someone like sit in a room and choreograph together. Yeah. Because you can like build on each other. Um, there's just like I'm every to song. Think if there's a song that doesn't have choreography. Yeah. Maybe the next one. Okay. So walk me through the transition from Simple Sponge to Daddy Knows Best. Is SpongeBob just like going to work? Yeah. Okay, because that's when it's when we get there, and so well, we cut to commercial. And <laughs> yes, yes, of course we cut to commercial. But SpongeBob is at work at the Krusty Krab, yeah. and Pearl comes in, and I do know that at some point. Is this a point where SpongeBob does say that he'd be interested? No, because Pearl is talking about what she wants to do when she graduates high school, basically, right? Oh uh, no, that happened like much earlier. It the did first time he went to work. Um, okay. She and he says, "I'll start you as manager." And yeah. She says, "Like, no, it's not. Uh, it might be here." I know she comes in with two dresses and says, "I don't know what I'm gonna wear to this electric skate concert," mm-hmm. and he's like doesn't matter because then she says uh uh he says uh, you know what once you once you graduate i'll start you as manager mm-hmm. and she's like that is not what she wants right yeah. she wants to do her own thing and spongebob is like sir if you want someone to, if she doesn't want the manager i know someone who wants a job and he's like nope uh but then we get into um uh daddy knows best and were, well, which also could be called like money, money. Yeah. Um, because we start hearing about Mr. Krabs singing about money, which is like a typical Mr. Krabs yeah. song, right? And it's great, and you like you find out that at some point he is trying to like I think teach Pearl a lesson about how like what really matters in life is like what you have in the bank. Yeah. Like that is the most important thing. Money, and, money matters most. Yes, and what I love is when he asks SpongeBob to like close his eyes, and SpongeBob just like does. He so. literally stands on stage for the entire song with his hands over his eyes. Yes. Ethan Slater stands yep. back by the guy playing the drums. Yep. With his hands over his eyes and a dress. Yeah. On a hanger around his neck. Yep. For like for three and a four minutes. Yeah. Song. Totally. And so Mr. Krabs is running around the restaurant and like showing all the bags of money that he has everywhere. But that is not the highlight of this song. No. The highlight is, and I don't remember, I can never pronounce her name, Jalen Christine Lee oh Josie. You mean Pearl. 19-year-old? Yes. Because this is the girl that I saw when I saw her on Broadway, too. Like, incredible. This girl has the most powerful and impressive belt that, like, anyone has ever heard. She can wail. She, she can literally wail. She's amazing. Yeah. It's so fantastic to listen to because, like, it's 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 even someone who doesn't know a lot about about what a human voice can typically and not typically do knows that that girl can sing. Yeah, for sure. Well, and something about Pearl that I love. Yeah, is something that's also true of Patrick is because they don't have fingers, they often gesture with their hands closed. Yes, and I think that is just the smallest detail yeah that i like i notice right and so other people notice there yeah. are moments where like like she does like the rock on symbol like sure. okay like it, she's still a person yeah but there are a handful of times where like you can tell like this is because she's a person and a shark yeah, yeah totally well, she's a whale 
What kind of a whale is she? I don't know, but she's not a shark. Oh, you're right. Okay, okay, that's true. You're totally right. Um, and they have this, like... Mm-hmm. The whole song is basically Mr. Krabs is not paying attention to his daughter. Yeah. Um, which is kind of his arc at the end. Um, and then who wrote Daddy Knows Best? If you get this, I'll give you a dollar. Uh, um, uh, nope, I don't know. Alex Hebert. Oh, yes, of course. I love Alex. Um, but after Daddy Knows Best, yeah. then we get this like scene um, where we get to see some of the ensemble have some lines mm-hmm. and have like a little interaction. Yeah. And, um, uh, Mrs. Puff is like getting another kelp juice because she gets. I mean, she's like constantly drinking kelp juice, kelpuccino, something of those yes. of those lines. Yep. Um, and then you get. She says, I believe she says something along the lines of uh, "carpe diem," <laughs> and then the bartender kind of character turns around and is like, "Who you calling a car?" Yes. Um, and then. Uh, they're talking about Sandy and how she's a land mammal. Yes. And then you get the two mobster type guys are like, yeah, this is a gill town. Yep. Um. <laughs> Which is just great because like so many of the characters don't even have gills. But yeah. the, but I mean, there's something, there's like, this is great too because you're introducing like a subtle form of racism into spongebob which just makes it so relatable yeah and i love i i I mean i think it's great i think it's one like it is in it it, it's an easier way to let particularly maybe like a younger audience understand how racism can affect like multiple groups of people yeah yeah and i think that's something that you and i have talked about Mm -hmm. with like disney channel originals yeah is like you can't say black and white but you can say zombie and living exactly Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like you're referencing the movie Zombies, which is a Disney Channel musical yes. that is like, uh, it's terrible and perfect. Yeah. But like, because stations like Disney Channel and Nickelodeon are putting that type of content in their children's shows, yes, kids are not dumb and they can like make those leaps. And I yeah. think it is creating a generation of children who are becoming adults that have like, lived in a world where they understand the 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 harm that something like racism can have to totally. society. Yeah. Um, but these townsfolks have townsfolks. These townsfolk have decided to blame the squirrel and they go off chanting yes. and they spray paint it on a thing and then Sandy sees it. Mhm. Um which is unfortunate because as of right now Sandy like is the only person that even has a hope of saving the town. Well, and again, like in this world of COVID, I can't help but think that Sandy Chinks is Dr. Anthony Fauci, who like the only person who I feel like has the most knowledge about this is literally being silenced by the majority. <laughs> Not to tie too much to like current <laughs> politics, but that's just the current world. But that's just what it feels I mean, like, like right now. Art imitates life. Yes. And in this particular instance, yeah. SpongeBob imitates life. Totally. I mean, the final scene, which I know we talk about, mm-hmm. but where he gives the speech that, like, everything doesn't suck and, mm-hmm. like, we should work together and, yeah. like, all be one mm-hmm. to, like, make our world a better place yep. was, like, never in on earth has that been more necessary for the world to hear. And I just, like, want to sit everyone down and say, can you just watch this for me? Can you yeah. Yep. <laughs> completely. Completely. Um, 
But then Sandy is sad, and she goes out to the jellyfish fields, mm-hmm. and Patrick and SpongeBob find her and say, "We need to save this town." And they sing, "Hero is my middle name." Yes, correct. Written by. No, uh, we Cindy Lauper. Nailed it! Yay! Look at that. If I guess her enough. Now, but before "Hero is my middle name," it was before or after where the sardines find Patrick. Because I, I get that Super Caesar Savior is the next song, but isn't it before Heroes Middle yes, Name? There's um, like a group of when he does the life smells weird. Yes, exactly. Um, because they all come to like a group of sardines all find Patrick and they say, "Oh my God, we've been looking for you because your message to us rang true yeah. when you were talking about the end of the world and you said we should all just like run away or like put our heads into the ground or something." I think it it first starts after when the going gets tough. Okay. Because he says something of like. Something on the lines that's like, um, just close your eyes. Yeah. Um, and then you can't see it. Yes. Um, there we go. And yep. then they ask him before uh, Heroes Made Their Name. Give us another piece of another like, piece like piece knowledge, of knowledge or something. Yeah. And, and that's he says, what he says life, life smells weird. weird. And they, they, they just think that is incredible. And this is also where Sandy introduces them to her invention for the volcano. Well... Or is that after? It's after. It's after the song. Okay. My notes are like around the songs and I don't know what happens before the song and <laughs> what happens after the song. So that makes sense. Okay. So then they have Heroes My Middle Name. Which is such a bop. It's yeah. also the song that is in a lot of the promotional material. It is. Because so you get... So come on, Hero is My Middle Name. Yeah. Totally. Um, because you get Patrick, you get Spongebob, and you get Sandy. Yes. And it's like up-tempo, and it's in Jellyfish Fields. And yes. like, it doesn't give away too much of the plot. Yep. Like, it's such a great sound. Bite. Yeah, totally. Um, I love, in this song, I mean... They each get their little parts, and the Patrick parts in particular are mm-hmm. my favorite because it's like three heroes to the top, team of Trace, or three heroes to the rescue, team of Trace to the top, and Patrick says, <laughs> us, us go. go. Yep. And then they, uh, Sandy does a cartwheel, and then SpongeBob does a cartwheel, and then Patrick sort of jumps. Yep. Like, it's just like so in character. Mm-hmm. I love, love, love that, like, there are a lot of moments in this show where, like, everyone is in, I'm using air quotes, unison. Yeah. But, like, unison for their character. Yeah. Because there's such a wealth of material for these characters to look at. Uh-huh. Even the ensemble f- woman who plays Mrs. Puff and all the other, I mean, she's in the ensemble and all kinds of things. Yeah. She's a pirate. She's a this. She's a that, right? Yeah. Even she can go to old SpongeBob cartoons and get an idea of... What Mrs. Puff sounds like. Yes. What what her mannerisms are. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Larry the Lobster. Same thing with like. There's just all of these characters that because there's such a breadth of material to mm-hmm. look at. Even if you're Old Man Jenkins, you know what Old Man Jenkins would do in this situation because you can go see. Yes. What that character is. That's correct. And so, because of that, you get so many of these small details where these characters are so fleshed out Mm -hmm. in a way that is not just an actor coming up with their own backstory. Mm -hmm. It is so intentional. And this is a good example of that for Patrick, which I totally love. Oh yeah. Oh, I think it's great. But Patrick and SpongeBob uh, persuade Sandy to like be a part of the team Mm -hmm. and save the day. Yeah. And 
And her middle name is Jennifer. And her middle name is Jennifer. And and she does. She comes up with this invention. Yeah. Right. And the invention is the Eruptor Interrupter. Yeah. Which is, first of all, a great name. And secondly, just another great example of like lighting and props combined. Yes. Where you we never see what the interrupter interrupter eruptor interrupter mm-hmm. looks like. We have no idea. Yeah. All we know is that it emits light. Yeah. And that is enough. Uh, we don't need to know what it looks like. That doesn't matter. But I think here yeah. isn't where you see that. Here's where she like divides. Or is this where board. she just talks about this it? This is where the board comes out and she oh, decides okay, okay, how okay. she's going to do it. Okay. Um, because I don't believe you see the uh, eruptor interrupter until Act Two. Okay. 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 I just wrote down the words eruptor interrupter, so that must be yeah, why. Yeah, it's right after poor pirate. Yeah. Now, but after that happens, like, and after all this happens, the the. Sardines come back. Yeah, they do. And this is sort of where we get into, I guess, like, like the main conflict of the show is the fact that Bikini Bottom is going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. But then there has to be conflict within the group of people who are trying to save Bikini Bottom. Yeah. And that's where the Sardines come in. So the Sardines come in and, and say, holy shit, Patrick, we want to worship you because you literally represent all things that we, we like aspire to be yeah. as a group of sardines who are the the like personification if <laughs> fishification of <laughs> of a uh, group think for sure yes because they just they they, they act in unison they do the tutting yes, with their hands which is so such cool it's choreography it's so cool and oh, yeah. it's not just in super C- star savior mm-hmm. super sea star savior yeah it is Every time the sardines are on stage, there are like five of them, mm-hmm. and they will pop out. And every time they talk, they either all talk in unison, yep. or one of them is talking, and they are all doing the same hand motion, which is so cool. And it's not just hands; like they do things with their ankles, yeah. and their knees, which are cool. And it's just so fun to watch them. Yeah. Um, particularly, there's one sardine that um, he's one of the guys. He always stands in the back. He's just so fun to watch. Oh yeah. He's just so fun to watch because, like, he's just, like, in it. And he's like, I know what I am. I'm one of these sardines, and this is where I'm at. Um, But you get Super Sea Star Savior Mm -hmm. written by... Can you you give me a hint? Like the Y. Yolanda Adams. Nice work. Great. Okay, cool. Um, And you get this gospel choreography Mm -hmm. where all... I mean... Because they're all wearing skirts, basically. These... Neon Dayglow green skirts. Yes. And these zip up hoodies that are also like neon Dayglow green. Yeah. That have like a pink star on them. I want that hoodie. Like, oh, I yeah. want that zip up. Totally. I think it's so cool. Um, the other thing is, as much as all of the ensemble members have their like Larry the Lobster character, their Mrs. Puff character, their Old Man Jenkins character, they're like, mm-hmm. keep naming characters right. Everybody comes back. I mean, even part of the actress that plays Pearl yeah. is one of the sardines. So the whole stage is full of all of these actors in these neon green and bright oh, yeah. pink, like, flowy skirt dresses, and they're doing all this stuff. And there's, like, Patrick touches a girl on the head, and she faints. And they're, like, uh, it's just so cool. At one point, they have, like, tambourines, mm-hmm. and they do, like, a tambourine, like, almost like... Um, Oh, what's it called whenever you, like, tap on your chest and you're, um... I don't know what it's called. Hand-boning. Oh, okay. It's almost like hand-boning. Yeah. Um, 
and with but with a tambourine they have these like things on po- stars on like a stick with like streamers and they're running through they have the fans with the the pat the like church fans with patrick's eyes on them nice like the whole thing is just a spectacle and while before i saw the show this was a song that i like i usually skipped because i didn't like one it's not sung by a main character it's sure. sung by all the sardines kind of having which makes it like less interesting in a way sure yeah um and it's just not the style of music that i like am drawn to Mm -hmm. hero is my middle name is much more my speed yeah visually this is my favorite song to watch totally it is just so cool Mm -hmm. and like i have those round glasses like the sardines and like a lot of times when i watch spongebob i put them on because i want to be a sardine because i want to dance in that number because i love it well, and so that that number is great because the sardines are basically all singing about Patrick, and even Patrick sings a little bit during yeah. the song too. And this, it sort of I like it gives Patrick a big head. It does, yeah. Because all of a sudden, for the first time, something is about Patrick. Where like yeah. SpongeBob the musical has been mostly about SpongeBob, and like and like a lot of it has been about Sandy as well. Yeah. And here's Patrick is getting a moment. Sorry. And and it, it it goes to his head a little well, bit, but go ahead. Like you can see earlier on in the show, mm-hmm. Patrick will have an idea, and he's kind of written off by mm-hmm. SpongeBob. Yeah, which like is if there's a character flaw in SpongeBob, it's that yes that he doesn't quite appreciate his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does write him off. Yeah. Even though in Heroes My Middle Name we get the that Patrick is the brawn and Sandy's the brain and yeah. SpongeBob's is the I don't know what my thing is, but I'll figure it out. Yes, exactly. Um so it's not super surprising that he's a little like jaded with the mm-hmm. situation that he's being taken for granted. Um But he, I mean I don't know that it goes to his head as much as it's like a thing that's never happened to him before. That's, I mean, that's fair, I guess, because there is a moment where SpongeBob says, okay, that's great, but we need to like get going. Yeah. And Patrick stops him and says, no, no, this is this my is, moment. Yes, this is my moment. I get something for once. And they have like a very SpongeBob Patrick fight. Yes, I literally wrote in my notes SpongeBob yeah. and Patrick stop being friends and I begin to cry. Yep. Because yeah. I just can't, I just can't. I just, it mm-hmm. hurts my heart. And eventually Patrick says, very specifically, I don't need you. Well, I don't need you either. Yeah. And then they say, like, well, at least I'm not yellow. Well, at least I'm not pink. Like, they they start, like, yeah, going into the Yeah, which is straight from a, oh, a yeah. SpongeBob cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it leads into the last song yeah. of Act 2, yeah. which is Tomorrow Is. Mm-hmm. And it's just so sad. And it's it's everybody getting ready for, like, tomorrow where, like, it may or may not be... The, the end, end of the, the world. world completely uh, and and you we check in with all the characters every single one of them gets a uh gets a like it's like a really cool little moment yeah. which is like pretty common in act one finales yeah that is something that happens pretty frequently we're like a good example i think about it is um um man up from the book of mormon yeah man up has a lot of little individual uh like 
snippets of every song we've heard so far in Act 1. Well, there's so much plot going on in Spongebob the Musical mm-hmm. that, like, we do have to check in with, like, oh, yeah, yeah, Plankton's doing a thing. Oh, yeah, Mr. Krabs is trying to sell Krabby Patties. Oh, yeah, there's just, like, a lot going on. Yep, and, like, Squidward's getting ready for this concert yeah. because he really wants to perform in the concert yeah. for sure. I mean, he has his... What is his one-person musical called? Um, Tentacle Spectacle the Musical. Oh, God, which I wish was a real thing. Um, <laughs> Plankton and Karen are obviously hoping to... Um, like, you know, destroy Spongebob and, you know, yeah. Bikini Bottom, like, as a whole, right? Um, I mean, Plank- or Karen rips a sponge in half. Yes, literally. Um, but, like, Tomorrow Is is just... It's it's such a good Act 1 closer. Because even the end of it is, like, kind of hopeful, but also kind yeah. of, like, scared. It's Yeah, it's there's certainly some fear in there. Yeah. And I love, and I love the way that it ends because, like, you think, I want to know what's going to happen in Act Two. I'm excited to come back after intermission, but these people don't seem as con- like you're sort of seeing all the characters waver in their confidence. Yeah, which makes them real. Yeah, which makes them well. <laughs> I was going to say which makes them human, which is hilarious. But um, but no, for sure, I am curious to see now what they're going to what where they're going to go after intermission and you will see that that's true after intermission um jessica this feels like a weird place to be stopping even though we know part two has already been recorded do you have anything else that you want to say about i mean act I can, one of we've said a lot about act one of spongebob yeah. i i literally could talk about this for another six hours yeah um i won't do that if you would like to like meet up with me and discuss spongebob at length Please let me know. Yes. Tell us in the comments. Uh, that is correct. <laughs> I will do it. You can find Jess Oler on Instagram at Jess Oler one I think. Isn't that your I don't know. Uh, you know better than me. That sounds That's right. I tagged you something earlier today, so I feel like that's it. Um, but great. So we're going to take a break and then head on over to SpongeBob Part 2 for Act 2 and all of our final thoughts. Love it. Thank you.